Good, good evening, everyone. We're going to get into our Wednesday night service. Uh, if you don't mind, I need to get a little drink here. And we've been talking about signs of the time. And I know I've been <clears throat> rushing through the first part of it, just giving us a foundation. So I want to slow things down a little bit. I know we talked about getting into the Great Tribulation last week, and we'll get into that. Uh, we, may, we may touch it, breach the Great Tribulation or Tribulation or the, the seven seals and trumpets and things of that nature. Uh, we may touch it today, but I, I didn't want to rush through what we talked about the rapture without getting, giving you a little more detail. So today we're going to talk about signs of the time. And we're going to talk about the rapture, but from this angle, glorified bodies. So we're going to talk about, again, the raptures, but some, some things happen um, with, through, and to us during this process. So let's go to Luke 21. Luke 21. We're going to start there. And remember, we talked about last week how the purpose of the rapture was uh, resurrection of the saved and the lost. And so let's start here at verse 34, Luke 21, verse 34. It says, And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting. Uh, and that, that word means... Uh, Dizziness, <laughs> you know, you know how it is when you you woozy and you dizzy, and drunkenness, and cares of this life, and I'm sorry, and take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with with we'll say dizziness, and drunkenness, and cares of this life, and so that day come upon you unawares or by surprise, right? It says. For as a snare shall it come on them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore and pray always that you may be accounted. This is a key here. Accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the son of man. Right? So, so this says take heed to yourselves. It says lest your hearts be overcharged with so, uh, how could I say, uh, saturated uh, with the things of this world that we're dizzy and drunk and so caught up in the cares that w when the transition that's supposed to benefit us comes, we're so wrapped up and caught up in the world uh, it comes to us unaware, and it's not. It's supposed to. We don't know the time, but but there's a there's a a harmony and a sensitivity. Even um, in these past few weeks and months, if if you're really harmonizing yourself with God, you're sensing that God is doing some very special things. If you're caught up, you you might find yourselves, as we talked about this the other week. Uh, uh, dancing around the same chapter, uh, uh, men's hearts failing. Uh, uh, the scripture says, uh, don't faint in your heart. Quit in your heart because it starts in your heart. I'm not going to get into Sunday's message, heart seeds, but, you know, it starts on, that, on, on, on the inner core of us. And this is, the scripture saying, let's, let's not get like that. It says, watch ye. And this is what's important here. Watch ye, therefore, and pray always. Scripture says, pray without ceasing um, in three chapters before in Luke 18, right? It says that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. So remember I talked about this the other week. The goal is for us to almost be seeing, um, seeing things in a movie, not not from the standpoint from a standpoint of gloating or anything like that, but I mean you got a choice. You can hang out and participate in great tribulations and different things like that, or 
you can evacuate. <laughs> so it so says you, you, you have a choice here. And this is saying that God doesn't want, you know, God, pretty much God is saying we've gone through enough. He says, he says you, you've gone through enough and, and um, I have some special things for you. So, so I, oh, 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 I look, look, remember with Lazarus, Lazarus, right, Lazarus, Lazarus? Yeah, Lazarus. All right. <laughs> Work with me here. Uh, you know, all right, so Lazarus and, um, and then the, uh, the, the other guy that was rich. And so when Lazarus went over into heaven and the other guy that was rich wasn't in heaven, he was, the rich guy was in torment, not because he was rich. Okay, so let's clear that up. He was, you know, how he handled what he had, right? So, so he, he was trusted in the riches and not in the person that gave him the riches, which would be uh, God. So it says, he was like, hey, if Lazarus could just dip his finger and just, just give me a touch. He said, no, 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 no. There, there's a gap here now. He says, so Lazarus can't come. He says, well, could you tell Lazarus to go back and tell my people? Jesus was like, he had the prophets and everybody. They, they had everybody talking. You had prophets. You had you had all these saints talking to people. If they ain't going if to, if, if, if your family wasn't going to listen to them, they definitely ain't going to listen to Lazarus coming from the dead. But, but I wanted to highlight something. They both was in an in a, in a internal realm. But for one, that same realm was, was a nightmare. For another one, it was a heavenly bliss. And, and I think sometimes in this life, you may certain things happen, and God is saying his children, is, it's been like a nightmare in a lot of cases. He says, but, but I don't want when, this, when, when the, the, the reality of the true nightmare comes, I don't want it to be a nightmare for you. I want you guys um, to be experiencing a heavenly bliss at the same time. See, their last days and their end times, it doesn't mean that they're all, uh, they're bad last days and bad end times. But I think if you're, if you're caught up in this world, the scripture says be not conformed to this world, but in the cares of the world, like it says in there, or you're so intoxicated, drunkenness, yeah, we know drunken drinking and all that stuff, but I think when you get so intoxicated with the, the, the lust of the world, you can get so clouded, you can almost think, this is heaven. <laughs> and so when it's time to go, you be like Lot's wife. You know, like, no, no, I'm good. <laughs> you know? Like, no, I don't think you understand. You're not good. No, 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 I'm good. I'm good. No, I mean, I just can't let it go, man. I just can't let it go. You know, and, and so that's why the scripture says, forget the things that are behind you and press toward the mark. Because there's, there's, there's much more later and greater, right? So let's go to 1 Thessalonians 4. So I just wanted us, to, I wanted to highlight there that the goal is, is for us to be accounted worthy to escape all these things. Now, now, interesting thing here, it, that scripture doesn't say everybody's going to be worthy to escape all these things. I, I didn't read that. Did you read that? Marcus, did you? Did you, you didn't read that, did you? you didn't, <laughs> I got to talk to somebody, right? Right? So we didn't read that. It says you have to be accounted. So there's some, <laughs> there's some things we have to do to, to, to stay in step to make sure we're going to experience these things. I told you 1 Thessalonians 4, right? So we're going to start at uh, verse 13. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13. I like to be a man of my word, so I, so I, I, I did promise you we'll start uh, revealing to you guys the uh, scriptures. We've just been trying to be patient. Well, I've been trying to be patient and not tax. Uh, the people that are working with me to make that happen. Okay? So, I'm believing it'll be happening by Sunday. All right, let's go verse 13. We'll start here at verse 13. It says, but I, it says, but I would have, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, and those that are passed away or dead. It says, 
that ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope. So it's not saying that you're not going to feel sorrowful when people pass away, but it says we don't, it doesn't impact us at this, the same way. It's not a finality to the situation. It's just an initial uh, loss, you know, um, a, a, it's a mourning, it's an initial loss, but there's still a hope that, okay, I'm I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a feel this impact of someone departing from me, but the good part is I get to spend eternity with them, right? It says, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. So that's why it's important for us to be sharing the gospel and making sure if we truly love people, the major part of that love is I want to make sure they have eternity too. See, that's the thing. With, yeah, a lot of times, I love you. We were talking about this uh, um, in, um, with a couple this week. It's, like, it's, it's about corresponding actions. It's not about conversation and talk. You know, a lot of people, I love you, I love you, I love you. The guy says, you honor me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. So a lot of times we'll say, well, you know, I, I love God. I know God loves me. No, 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 no. God is saying, you talking, and you think I'm going with your talk. No, I'm looking at your corresponding actions. Love, as my wife says, love is an action word. Pastor Mel says it all the time. It's an action word. This, this, it should look like something, right? And so, so, so here we have, if we, if, it says, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, them also which sleep in Jesus, God will, will, God will, I'm sorry, sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. So, so, so that's saying that's why we have hope. It says, for this, verse 15, it says, for this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. It says, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. It says, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another in these words. All right, now I want to read this out of the, uh, the contemporary English version. It says, our Lord, it says, our Lord Jesus told us that when he comes, we won't go up to meet him ahead of his, of his followers who have already died. It says, with a loud command and with the shout of the chief angel and a blast of God's trumpet, the Lord will return from heaven. Then those who had faith in Christ before they die will be raised to life. Next, all of us who still, who are still alive will be taken up in the clouds together with them to meet the Lord in the sky. From that time on, we will be with the Lord forever. So, so it's just, it's basically just saying that, you know, there's people, so if this is, if, if, if tomorrow is the rapture, okay, so we're alive if tomorrow is the rapture. So it's saying, yes, we're going we're gonna to go with the Lord, but ho, 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 but we're not going to, it's not, see, it says we're not preventing them. What it means is it's not like, well, y'all just going to have to wait down there in the graves until we go. No, it says, that's why she says the dead in Christ shall rise first. It's saying those that have lived for God, had a heart for God, and have passed away in this temporary life now get to transition in the eternal life, and then we'll go meet together with them, is what the scripture says, okay? And then let's go to Daniel. I'm going to put all this together here towards the end, but I wanted to give you the scriptures. Daniel 12, 2 and 3. Daniel 12, 2 and 3. And for the sake of time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend a lot of time today. I know I never, rarely ever do this. I might use mostly the King James uh, and then uh, the Amplified. And I'll, I'll probably quote a lot of the New Living Translation. But today I'm going to spend a lot of time uh, quoting from the contemporary English version. For those of y'all that 
you know, mess around Bible apps and different things of that nature. I just liked the language, and I thought it'd be easy for those listening to navigate um, without waiting for me to break it down uh, through the King James. All right, so Daniel t uh, 12, 2 and 3, this is what it says in the contemporary English version. It says, Michael, the chief of the angels, is the protector of your people, and he will come at a time of terrible suffering, the worst in all of history. And your people who have their names written in the book will be protected. Oh, it says many of those who lie dead in the ground will rise from death. Some of them will be given eternal life and others will receive nothing but eternal shame and grace. Now, this is Daniel, way back in Daniel, and he's prophesying some of what we're talking about it now. And he's saying that, like, like look at, look at, listen to the conversation. The conversation is like Michael, the prince of warriors, a part of his major responsibility is to make sure we're protected. That's the Old Testament. Like, you know, that's... You, Obviously, the New Testament tells us some things that, that, uh, that, that should give us a peace. But this is even the Old Testament saying, hey, Michael, hey, hey if, if it get crazy, Michael show up. <laughs> Think about, whoa, if it get crazy, listen, imagine being on a team. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, you, you know, uh, they just had the, uh, what's the, uh, was the last dance? So somebody's talking to me about the last dance. So I said, if it get crazy, Michael show. <laughs> so then I was about to, about to use this example. So, you know, you imagine you being on a team and you have the warrior on the team. And so no matter what, you, there's a confidence you're rolling with. No matter what happens, Michael's responsible to take care of it. So, so, so we don't have no average bodyguard. You know, people out here have bodyguards and stuff like that. You know, you walk into confidence because you got your bodyguard with you. Right? We should walk in confidence no matter what, the, the worst this world could get. Michael going to be there. <laughs> Michael going to be, ho, 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 chill, chill. I got this, man. I got this. So, and then it was, then it's, it's talking about uh, the eternity now. It also says, it says, now we know the dead in Christ shall rise first, but it's saying those that are in the grave will rise. It says some, see, see again, if we know that there's eternity attached to those that have lived for God, hey, there, there's something, there's an eternity attached for those that wasn't living for God too. They just, the location will be two different places, right? And, that, see, and that's the reality of it. And I don't think it's, it's, it's a, man, that's cold. And it, see, I said this the other week, we could try to bend God's world down to our mind and sometimes our philosophies. Or we can take ourselves and elevate and harmonize with God's way of doing things. Isaiah 55, his thoughts are above our thoughts, his ways are above our ways. If God is the designer and I want to maximize this life, I might want to get with the person that designed me and what he designed me for. You know, me and Marcus was talking about software. So we was looking, he said, so, so how do I do this, that, and the other? I said, okay, well, basically you just take this box and do this. Well, that's just, you know, I, I just, at least I knew how to do that one thing, right? right? And then there was some other stuff that neither one of us figured out yet. But we're not going to just keep playing with that thing based on how we feel. We, we, we both do this. We research, we Google, we watch video, we do tutorials, we study it out information. Why? Because we're trying to understand how to operate. We're trying to get the maximum out of the software. We're trying to get creative. That's why every week you'll see video enhanced because that means we don't discover something else. <laughs> we don't figure something else out, right? Well, God set this life there, but he gave us, th this, this, he gave us our script for us to figure it out. And so we, we like, like for years, people avoid revelations. Why? Why would you avoid revelations? You avoid revelations. You don't want to know. <laughs> like, like, you don't want to complete the, the whole manual. Like, all the information is important. And it ain't based on how we feel. I was listening to uh, Brother Hagen 
Kenneth Hagin Sr. Uh, this week, you know, in my meditation, and he was he was just talking about being led by the Spirit. I was sharing this with Ray earlier this week. He said, led, led by the Spirit. And he said, he said, when you're led by the Spirit, it's an inner witness. It's it's the it's the Holy Spirit connecting with your spirit, guiding you from the inside out. He says, it ain't got nothing to do with how you feel. He says, he says, that's been the challenge for years. People that's as, as, as been calling themselves Christians, they, I, I feel this, I feel that. Well, I feel that's a good, God's okay with that. Okay, you don't even have to feel. You can read it. You, you see, see, this is the whole thing. We don't have to feel nothing. We can read it. Well, but see, we don't want to read it so we can uh, live off of our speculations. And then we can, see, there's something in our minds that says, well, I'm not accountable for this because because I don't really know. Well, I didn't know. That you can get away with that in, in, in everyday life. You can say, oh man, you know how many people you deal with, you want to hold them accountable. It could be sons, daughters, husbands, wives, and, and, and I tell you what gets on your nerves. I know it gets on your nerves. You're like, oh man, my bad, I didn't even know, man. That's, I, I didn't realize. And you're like, are we serious right now? But see, they, they set up their life where if, they, if they're ignorant, then they can, they can say, hey, I ain't know. Well, how you going to hold me accountable for something I don't know? Well, this is the thing. When that Trump sound, everyone had the opportunity to know. So some people are not bad people, but they're going to miss that train. They're going to miss that plane or whatever. The trans, I don't, I don't know what is, I, I know it ain't going to be a plane and train. That's probably like, don't even make sense, right? Well, they're they, they going to, they, they uh, okay, maybe it will be a train. Jesus train. They're going to miss being attached to Jesus train because they chose to be ignorant of the knowledge. My people perish for lack of knowledge. All right, so that's me going off on a little tangent. And I, I want to make sure I stay locked in on what I'm supposed to be talking about today. So it says, uh, let's go to 1 Corinthians 15 verse 23. 1 Corinthians 15, 23. And again, I'm going to read this out of the CEV, Contemporary English Version. It says, but we must each wait our turn. And this is still talking about, it says, we must each wait our turn. Christ was the first to be raised to life, and his people will be raised to life when he returns. Right? He says, so we, so, so we have a turn also, Right? And then let's go to John chapter 5. John chapter 5. Make sure you have plenty of scriptures to study out on this on your own. John chapter 5. And don't forget at the, at the end, you know, uh, you, know you meet your phones, uh, unmute your phones and jump in, ask questions or share what stood out for you. Marcus will put that phone phone number up at the at towards the end there, and then I I'll be patient because one young man told me uh, last week he had a comment, and because we're on a delay, I said something. We were on a delay. I didn't give him a chance to chime in, so so I'll I'll be a little more patient. You know I appreciate you sharing that information with me, sir. All right, so John chapter five. John chapter 5, uh, and then we'll do verse 28. It says, marvel not at this. So, so, so don't be all confused about this. It says, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice. It says, and shall come forth, and they that have done good unto the resurrection of life. They that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. See, see, again, it didn't say they that knew to do good, they that didn't know to do good, they that got the information, they that didn't. It just said people that's done good according to, in, in harmony with his word, right? It says, it's a resurrection of life. Those that haven't, damnation. Now, now, again, I know, I know, I know. Sometimes I would be thinking. See, again, what, what, I, what I want all of us to do is, since we have nothing else to do right now, open ourselves up to 
to God, like take time during this time and say, let me find out what God really thinks. You know, some people uh, has been doing a wonderful thing. They've been sitting down with their families and uh, I've, I've heard this statement, man, you know, I, like I'm really getting to know my wife at another level. I'm really getting to know my husband at another level. You know, I'm really getting to know my children. I've heard the youth, we was talking to the youth last week and some of them really getting to know their parents. Look, look, so that means the parents was there the whole time, right? The husband and wife was there the whole time. The children was there the whole time. But for whatever reason, some of us didn't get to know them. Because what, what was on their mind wasn't important. What we wanted to do, where we were going, what we were anticipating in, maybe that was the issue, whatever the case may be. But while we're taking time out to get to know everybody, hey, why don't we take time out to get to know God? And get to know his plan. And so we can harmonize with it. So, so years ago, I was, I was applying for a job. And when I first, when I first took on the job, I, I knew I came in overqualified. But I, I took the job, took the job at a lesser salary and a lesser position. I was moving from states. I was moving from New Jersey. I had worked in corrections in upstate New York. So I, so I took a job in, in Ohio. So... I just figured, you know, or, you know, and this was my reputation. I would get a job, and after two, three months, I would get a promotion. You know, just favor and get a promotion. So I, so I said, well, I'll just do 100, 150%. Eventually, they'll promote me. So years go by. And, you know, and I'm caught up in the job. I'm doing the job. And, you know, and then they, they start having a lot of uh, um, people getting promoted. And I'm like, okay, so I got more skills than this person. Okay, well, you know, maybe... They know something I don't know. Then this person got promoted. I said, okay, well, man, maybe I'm tripping. Like, I know I got more qualifications than this person. And then somebody else gets a job. I said, okay, so something must be going on here. And a guy came up to me. He, says, he said, Keith, man, um, how come you don't be applying for these jobs? I said, I figured you, you good. They promote you. He said, Keith, people need to know you're interested. Never See, see, I'm operating off of philosophy. I heard something I never thought about. I said, Oh, I didn't know. I just figured, you good? I had my own philosophy. So now I applied for the job, and they gave it to somebody else that didn't have my qualifications. So, so now, look, look how the, the momentum is going. I go talk to the guy because I know something's wrong here. I say, hey, man, um, I don't understand. Like, I know I qualify for the job. He, said, he says, I, I, I wouldn't normally do this. He said, let me go look at your, your app. He looked at his application. He says, well, you said you, you, your background is this, that, and the other. You went to college for this, that, and the other. He says, where's all the courses that you took? I said, it was only like two lines per question. He says, well, Keith, you have to attach an addendum. I said, where's that on the application? He said, no, 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 I'm telling you, for this state, you, before they even look at you, you have to score a certain amount of points on your application, and you get points for every class you've taken. I said, how would I even know that? He says, a lot of people don't. He says, so you just attach an addendum and, and list every class you've taken. So I listed every class I've taken. I got an interview. Ended up getting a job. All this information was there. But sometimes we got to look harder, right? And so not just, uh, just live life off of how we feel. I know that was a, somewhat of a side journey. But that's because I think we... When we hear some people going to deal with damnation, when we hear some people going to burn in hell, um, in our mind, we establish who we think will be in damnation and in hell. Like, like our cousin that we cool with, we are, oh, no, no, there ain't no way they can go to hell. Based on what? Like, you're not living with that person. What I, what I mean by living with that person, even if they're in your house, you're not thinking for them. You're not committing or not committing to God for them. See, that's not being cold. You can make sure you know cuz is going to heaven. Right? You can share the gospel. Right? You can walk them through Romans 10, 9, and 10 and make sure. You don't have to speculate or get frustrated if, it, if somebody at his funeral go, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He might have did you right, but cuz was out there doing some dirt. Right? You see what I'm saying? Like you, that's, see, that's going to get you mad because of your relationship. But people don't go into heaven and hell based on our relationship. They go into heaven and hell based on their relationship with God. 
not their relationship with us. Listen, Uncle Pete could have loved you. You could be the only person Uncle Pete loved. He could have crushed everybody else, including God. Just was nice to you. All right, just something to think about uh, since we read Romans 5, 28 to 29. First, first, let's go back to 1 Corinthians 15 again, reading a different version. All right, contemporary English version. 1 Corinthians uh, 15, 35. And I think I almost want to read all of this. All right, we'll start with 35. And then I'll just read as much. Probably to 40-something. Eh, let's see. All right, let's just start at 35. It says, some of you <clears throat> have asked, how will the dead be raised to life? It says, what kind of bodies will they have? Because we, we've already been told this body's going, right? You know, I mean, you've seen what happens. And people's bodies, our loved ones have been cremated and everything, right? It says, don't be foolish. A seed must die before it can sprout from the ground. It says, wheat seeds and all other seeds uh, look different from the sprouts that come up. Is this is because God, look, look, key, key thing. God, this is because, because God gives everything the kind of body he wants it to have. God, so we are spirits, but God gives us the, the, the kind of body he wants us to have. Fearfully and wonderfully made, things of that nature. People, animals, birds, and fish are each made of flesh, but none of them are alike. Not one of them are alike. It says everything in the heavens has a body, and so does everything on earth. But each one is very different from all the other. The sun isn't like the moon. See, those are bodies for those elements. Uh, just like... Uh, uh, seeds are, are, are housed with a body. It says the sun isn't like the moon and the moon isn't like the stars and each star is different. So God has, has really customized this thing. It says that's how it, will, that's how it will be when our bodies are raised to life. These bodies will die, but the bodies that are raised will live forever. So, so, so it'll be a different body, right? It says, these ugly and weak bodies will become beautiful and strong. As sure as there are physical bodies, there are spiritual bodies. Right? I know the King James Version says celestial, but that's what it means, spiritual. Right? It says, and our physical bodies will be changed into spiritual bodies. King James Version says celestial, right? Our physical bodies will be changed into spiritual bodies. Verse, verse 45, the first man was named Adam. And the scripture tells us that he was a living person, right? But Jesus, who may be called the last Adam, is a life-giving spirit, right? So you got two Adams there. Verse 46, we see that the one with the spiritual body did not come first. He came after the one that had the physical body. The spiritual body was Jesus, came after after Adam, which was the physical body. This is all going to make sense here in a, in a minute. Verse 47, the first man was made from the dust of the earth. The second man came from heaven. Everyone on earth has a body like the body of the one who was, who was made from the dust of the earth, right? Everybody has a body similar to Adam, right? It says, and everyone in heaven has a body like the body of the one who came from heaven, like Jesus, Right? It's in verse 49. Just as we are like the one who made, who was made out of, out of, okay, just like we are like the one who was made out of earth, we will be like the one who came from heaven. My friends, I want you to know that our bodies of flesh and blood will decay. This means they cannot share in God's kingdom, which lasts forever. Our bodies can't, since they're designed to decay, they can't last forever once we go into the heavenly realm. That's why we have to, uh, we have to shed the incorruptible, as the King, King James Version says, and put on the incorruptible. We have to shed the corruptible, I'm sorry, and put on the incorruptible, right? 
I know that's what it says in the King James Version. All right, it says, uh, uh, verse 51, I will explain a mystery to you. Not every one of us will die. Look, look, but we will all be changed. It will happen suddenly, quicker than the blink of an eye. At the sound of the last trumpet, the dead will be raised. We will be changed so that we will never die again. Our dead, decaying bodies will be changed into bodies that won't die or decay. The bodies we now have are weak and can die, but they will be changed into bodies that are eternal. Then the scripture will come true. Death has lost the battle. See, all the dead will be raised imperishable. All the living that remain will be changed into imperishable, right? Because, like, e even the scripture talks about uh, people being judged, you know, we'll get into this and the, the white throne judgment and all that. Whether you're in heaven or hell, you're in eternity. Hell is eternal torment, heaven, eternal fulfillment, but how, is it, how people in eternity? They have to take on uh, incorruptible bodies to even live for eternity in, in, in damnation, right? So, so just keep that in mind. And so when we get to that point, when we get to that point, uh, let's go back to 1 Corinthians 15. Well, we're already in First Corinthians 15, but I, I, for, I forgot I was reading it from my tablet. I'll just keep on reading. First Corinthians, go, go up to verse 24. It says, then after Christ has destroyed all powers and forces, the end will come. And he will give the kingdom to God the Father. So this is, so, so it says Christ will rule until he puts all his enemies under his power. And the last enemy he destroys will be death. So, so in this transition, Christ, at, when, 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 when we're going to go through this shift, Christ has taken the kingdom and given it back to God. But he can't give it back to God till he's completed destroying all the works of the devil. Till he's completed uh, all his enemies um, being taken out. And so now at this point, there's, there will be no more death. Now, the thing about no more death, that's what, remember I told you, these are going to, there will be end times, but they won't be bad end times for everyone, right? But there will be some bad end times for some. You see what I'm saying? Like, I, I get it in your mind, you're thinking, man, it's, we got to go, man. Man, I just saved up to get these gators, man. We got to roll out. Man, you ain't going to be caring about no gators. Man, I've been waiting a long time to finally get, finally get my jag, man. We got to go, man. We're going to be in heaven. Man, I, it's not. <laughs> Please, work with me here. You ain't going to care about that. It's bigger than that. Listen, listen. And if you, <laughs> you're a king's kid, you're going to be living like a king's kid. Man, nobody thinking about <laughs> no, no uh, plastic car. <laughs> Plastic car to look good on paper in this earth realm. All right, so <laughs> listen. First of all, who's going to need a car with a glorified body? <laughs> listen, you can just float where you want to go or translate yourself there. Come on, man. All right, all right, all right. I know that's a whole other section. You know, I got caught up into it. All right. So, so this is the thing about no more death. So, so at this particular time, there's no more death, which is a great thing for us saints. Because that's, we don't deal with no more reckoning, no more testing, trials. Like, like, like we, we done. Hey, hey, but guess what? What's so terrible about it, it's also no more relief for the sinners. <laughs> now, ain't nothing left but eternal torment. See, so there's no more death. Like see, see, that's what I'm saying, how we process things. The person say no more death. Like, cool, man. Cool, man. I can't die. What? That's a wonderful thing if you're going to be in heaven. 
It ain't a good thing if you're going to be. <laughs> Listen, if, you, if, you gonna, if there's no more death and, and you're on a hell train, you would rather stay here. <laughs> Tell you that right now. You'd rather stay here. Just, just something to think about. Um, <laughs> and so, so then what happens, uh, and it's a, we're going to get into this more next week, but so, so the next thing, so, 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 so now you got, you got this transition going, and the next thing, well, let's just read it. Let's read it. I'll be getting all hype. Let's read it. We're, we're probably going to close out here, and then I want to hear from you guys. Uh, Revelations. Five. Let's go to Revelations 5. So again, you have to see how this is all processed. You know, you got, you got Matthew 24, Matthew 25, you got 1 Corinthians uh, 15, you got 1 Thessalonians uh, 4, and then breaking down different aspects of what's going to go on around this time. Um, and, and then, of course, Revelations is giving you detail. But Revelations is giving you detail of what some of the apostles or some of the uh, uh, the writers in the New Testament was given like highlights. You know, so there's a lot of times we want to bend everything to be sequential and it's not so, so okay, Matthew, they talked about this. And then after Matthew came uh, Corinthians, no, it's not like that. They're, they're so, so this, oh, okay, good. This is good. Like in our time right now, you got people that are setting themselves apart. I'm one of them to hear from God. Like I, I want to know what God's doing. Like when I, said, I was talking to Robert today, and I was like, I said, man, he, he said, man, you know, uh, he was talking about a game. And in the game, this is, it was a serious game, championship game, game on the line. And he goes into timeout. He was like, he, he's the coach. He's, coach don't know what to do. He says, I'm going to see how God going to put it, what God going to do on this one. Because it looked insurmountable. And, and it could have been the championship game. Or it was, it was, I know it was a game where it was uh, insurmountable odds. I think it was a championship game. And he says, I want to see what God's going to do. He says, man, that's kind of how I'm looking at uh, coming out of what's going on now. I want to see what God's going to do. I said, yeah. I said, hey, I got some inside information. <laughs> I said, God, God has shown me what he's going to do. I said, I said, hey, it's some wonderful things to look forward to. Now, that, that how could I say that? that uh, that's probably coming against, a, I'm not trying to come against nothing, but I know there's a lot of conspiracy theory out there, okay? Put it that way. And so, so I'm, not, I'm not lining up the conspiracy theories and going, this is my opposition. Now, I'm telling you what God has told me. And I didn't give you the specific details, but we, we will. <laughs> There's some details to come. Like, we already, listen, we were already prepared. Listen, Aaron's family out there. We're already prepared for half of this stuff. Like, like, man, we go back and look at all of what God was telling us. God, uh, Robert said that today, too. He said, man, uh, he said, uh, uh, for those out there, that Robert is a member of our church. He's, you know, he's. <laughs> All right, so uh, he was like, he said, man, he said, man, we already got all the information for this. He said, so, like, he said, I could see, like, if you, if you were really paying attention, it didn't hit you the same. Similar to what the scripture said earlier, if you're, if you're lockstep with God, when those times come, they won't hit you the same way. Ah! Oh, my God, what's going on? You won't hit you like that. You'll, you'll have a knowing. See, 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 it goes back, you know, you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things in 1 John 2. Like, you'll have a knowing like, hey, we, something's getting closer. And I'm not talking about what we were saying, you, you know, just random uh, calling it prophecies. Uh, that was nice. But I'm saying you do have a sense of knowing. You may not have accurate, accurate date time, but you know something going on. You know you need to be locked in. Okay, I'm going to tell you. Something going on. You need to be locked in. <laughs> okay, just get, so, hey, just case you say, try to say you ain't here now. You just heard it just now. We need to be locked in. All right, so with that in mind, let's look at this Revelations uh, 5. So this is kind of our transitioning out of all this stuff around the rapture. Looking at how it, uh, 
ends and begins. Remember, Jesus is the Alpha and Omega. So we're going to look at how it ends and begins right here, and that's going to set us up for our uh, tribulation conversation, okay? I says, and, and he says, you know, of course, we know this is John's revelation here. He says, uh, it's a vision. Okay, so, so I'm going to just make sure I give you, I'm supposed to give you this the other week. Revelation is a vision John got. It's not a, it's not a reflection. So there's times when you can sit. We, we do it all the time as men of God. We sit around and we start to reflect. The Lord just gives you insight and revelation. You write down your notes and, and you, you, you triangulate them with the scriptures and you share a message. But then there's times when, when, when God arrests it. Like you lose all sense of your, your, your uh, how could I say, your intellect you lose all sense of your being. Like you're not even aware. You, you've left this realm and God shows you uh, a, a, a either open vision or in the night vision, a dream. And you see clearly in specific detail, uh, technicolor, 4K. Or, or, no, well, I guess it's in God's realm. Uh, uh, 100K. You know, like, you know, you see this thing and you know, hold on a second. Am I supposed to be here? <laughs> like, is this okay? This is with John. John, remember, John kind of fell on his face. Like this is real. Like for him, it's like, what in the world is this? And he was breaking down details. So I just want to let you know it's a vision, okay, of 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 the reality of what's what's being taken place. Because God likes to give us advanced information. So uh, Revelation five, it says, and I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne, a book written within and on the backside sealed with seven seals. So the book was sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof, right? It says, and no man in heaven, nor in earth, nor under the earth, <laughs> no man living or dead, right? It says, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. They, could, they, they didn't even have the strength to look on the book, right? It says, and I, and I wept much because no, no man was found worthy to open and read the book, neither to look thereon. And you have to realize, like, we operated sometimes in um, uh, selective ignorance because not because we don't know better but any any anybody that's that's worth their weight in the kingdom understands that if there's information I need to get it remember remember back in the day uh, the scripture says there was no uh, there was no redemptive revelation there was no word in that time like, you know, this is, this is a time before Samuel showed up as a, uh, Samuel showed up in the temple and before he knew he saw a king and all that stuff, right? So, and then, you know, there was a time when the, uh, the Maccabees fought to get the word back in. Like, we take for granted, we got word everywhere, <laughs> right? So, so this is why, why there's a book in the heaven realm, God has it, nobody can open up and read it. <laughs> okay. All right, help me out. Just, just, just stay with me here. It says, And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not. Behold, look, 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 look. The lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open a book. Listen, how, we, we, how did he prevail? He was obedient unto death. Yeah, you, you see what I'm saying? Like, what, nobody was worthy to open it because people's hearts faint people get weary and well-doing people faint people give up people don't endure to it says those that endure to the end shall be saved yeah, but Christ actually to detail was obedient no 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 what obedience really is I trust God that's what it is he trusted God even in the face of death even in the face of losing his life his power his privilege so it says, it says he was counted worthy, right? It says he prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld and lo in the midst of the throne 
of the four beasts and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it as it is had been slain having seven horns and seven eyes which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into the earth and came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat on the throne and when he had taken the book the four beasts and four and 20 elders fell down before the lamb having every one of them harps and golden vials full of full of odors which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and has redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. And thou hast made us, thou hast made us unto our God kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth. And there's a whole lot more to it than that, but but look, look, so this is, this is, this book is sitting here and, and nothing happens until the book is open. Nobody can open the book. Nobody can kick this thing off. Listen, if, if, if the devil and all his henchmen has been trying to beat us down and take us out for the longest and you just want this to stop for eternity, that book got to be open. <laughs> and Christ paid the price. Listen, he, he just didn't pay the price. Just Yes, he has all power, but the all power wasn't just about him. It was about us. It was about us living in eternity. And listen, imagine your enemy now. Because right now we just deal with the results of the enemy. But, you know, debt, distress, sickness, disease, whatever you want to call it, or, or just your enemy in general. Somebody's getting on your nerves. Imagine you never have to deal with them ever again in your life. The thing that's weighing on you the most, right? And so, so this is when everything kicks in, and this is when, see, once that first seal is popped, boop, everything starts to kick in. All different levels of things start to happen, you know, during this process, which we'll talk about next week. All right, so, so I just wanted to uh, just wet our whistle with that, you know, just talking about the rapture and and you know, our uh, glorified bodies and some of our transition and, and some of the things that we have to be aware of even now. So, so I want you to, Marcus, if you could put that number, he probably already, he already has the number on the screen. So if, if you please call in sometimes because everybody seems to call at the same exact time. So if, if, you get a, if you get a busy signal because a lot of people are calling in, just wait a few minutes um, and, uh, just call back in, you know, just try to time it different. Uh, so it's no different than, you know, like, like the, the phone hang up and both people are trying to call each other back at the same time, <laughs> right? So just, uh, so give it some time. But if anybody uh, has already uh, called the number and, you know, has some thoughts, or has some questions, something stood out for them, they realized something, were inspired in a particular direction, or just have a, a question, thought, or criticism, in, in anything that's on your heart, you know, it's always good for all of us as a family to hear from you. So anybody have a thought? Anybody care to share? 